Tom, we need more HP toner. I'll get right on it, Maria. Now, I could go to the big box office supply company where I'm just a number, but I love dealing with Ferritech, the company that supplies our HP toner, printers, and service. They know how to treat their customers. They're an authorized HP vendor. They locally manufacture their own toner cartridges, and it's recycled. Tom! Uh-oh, what now? Ferritech, a customer-obsessed HP retailer. Visit ferritech.com. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in Atlanta, it's time for Gwinnett Chambers Monthly Radio Show. Open for Business, spotlighting the top chamber members in Gwinnett. Open for Business is brought to you by Veritech. Veritech, great people, remarkable service. And welcome once again to Open for Business. I'm your host, Johnny Phelps, realtor broker with Harry Norman Realtors and the two-time ambassador of the year with the Gwinnett Chamber. And pleased to have my guest today, we're going to be joined by Joe Moss of Embassy National Bank, Don Poplowski, PCC Innovative Solutions, Neil Majumdar of Pro- Protiva Consulting, and Courtney Spencer with the Gwinnett Chamber. Joe Moss, you're first up. Uh, give us a little history of uh, Embassy National Bank. Well, Embassy National Bank got started in um, 2007. They opened the doors in 2007. It was funded and capitalized by a group of very successful uh, Asian Indians that live here in the, in the Atlanta area. And the intent was to cater to that large and growing community, uh, here in Metro Atlanta, um, as well as through the Southeast. And, uh, with that strategy, we have, um, after a couple of missteps, we have actually become one of the very most profitable, uh, banks here in, in Georgia, as well as the Southeast. How did it? How did it develop so well? I mean, it, it, there had to be some knowledge of marketing to that particular clientele that you were interested in. Well, our board of directors has two very influential and very successful uh, Asian Indian businessmen, Naveen Shaw and Nitin Shaw, our chairman, and they're very close to the community. They have their eyes and ears wide open. The strategy was ex- very, very focused from day one. Gwinnett County has a number of local community-type banks. Gwinnett County has a lot of the so-called big boy uh, banks. Uh, what's, what's that competition like for Embassy? It's hard. Mm-hmm. We've developed what we call, uh, for anybody to be successful, I think whether a bank or any small business, you have to really focus on a niche and what you think you're good at. Um, we think we understand our market very well. We think, um, and our niche is to try to deliver just a handful of products to that one customer niche. So we're not trying to be all things to all people. Uh, we try to do it uh, with great customer service and turnaround, and we also try to be very efficient so that uh, we can generate profits from that business. Has your growth been on a on a level and a scale that was anticipated when, when the groundwork was laid in 2007? No, no. Um, <laughs> no one could have anticipated what happened in this world in 07, 08, and 09. Um, and um, the bank took some mixed step. There was uh, a lot of work that needed to be done to, to, to clean it up. And um, that, that took us a couple of years. Um, so we had to kind of sit back and regroup and rethink. And so the growth strategy has not been what we had thought, obviously lower. But uh, if you look at us from uh, after the cleanup was completed, which was basically 09, uh, we've been growing at probably about 30% a year. 
What about the banking industry as a whole coming out of the Great Recession? I think what you've got to do is think of two industries, uh, not the banking industry in total. Actually, three. Let's go with three. One, you got the big banks. They're an industry within themselves. They are, I get a little negative about this, but they're quite frankly government subsidized. We know that. Uh, they got a lot of handouts as a result of the losses and mistakes that they made. And now they're living on, uh, some of them are getting through all that. Um, the other industry is the community banking industry. And largely, like Embassy National Bank, uh, we're small business people. We took no government assistance at all. It was either eat or get eaten. And um, so we had to really go by the bootstraps and um, figure out how to get through the thing. And a lot of other community banks are feeling the same. And then you've got this other crowd called the fintech crowd, which are the uh, lenders out there that uh, lend online and they get high rates and they'll say they can close in uh, 24 hours and that type of thing. And there's, there's a you know, multiple billion dollars of assets generated by them. So, but of all those three, I would say the community banking industry is, I think, the most healthy and the one that's growing. And I think if we all pay attention to the strength of that industry, that it'll continue to thrive. We're talking with Joe Moss of Embassy National Bank. Uh, people, you hear this on the street, Joe. Boy, it sure is hard to get a loan. Is it hard to get a loan? It is. Uh -huh. It is. And I feel their pain. It's hard for me to make a loan. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to the community banks, um, for whatever reason, we're under a microscope. All of us community bankers are. I think it's because we're smaller. I think it's because a regulator and compliance people can kind of get their arms around us. And as a result, they can look at us with a fine tooth comb. If you think about of a Bank of America or um, a JP uh, or Chase Morgan or something, I don't know how they audit those people. I don't know how anybody determines whether that balance sheet is real or uh, conservative, conservatively valued. It's just it's just too big. Uh, but in our case, I can tell you at one one time this summer, I drove into the parking lot. We had more regulator and compliance people in our parking lot than we had employees at the bank. <laughs> wow. True well, story. That and that happens in a lot of community banks across the country. So does that, it strikes me that that fine tooth comb really puts your feet to the fire to, to make everything correct. Whenever, yes, we have to be, I tell our, reg, our, our board, we've got to be right 99% of the time. And that's hard to, that's hard to live in. We also know that we make a loan. Chances are a year later, two years later, we're going to get asked about it. Not only are we going to say, hey, why'd you make the loan, that kind of thing, but they're going to spend 30 to 45 minutes on that loan, mm -hmm. two years after the fact. Goodness me. So that's the kind of environment we live in. And, um, and then you've got the construction industry, which I like lending to, but coming out of uh, the, the Great Recession or the Depression, as we had in Metro Atlanta, it was... Uh, I never thought that I would make another construction loan. So that, and you carry that with you a little bit and, and you just, you just know that you got to be so careful on every single deal. The restrictions that have come out of, of that time frame, I, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to, to, to understand every letter of the, of the law in terms of, I mean, you have to, but uh, there's so many guidelines that financial institutions have to follow. Yeah, and it's a little bit different for the small business industry where, where that we target because there's not as much regulation around that as it is the consumer business. Uh, we don't, 
focus a lot on the consumer side because of this new entity from Dodd-Frank called the CFPB, which is mm -hmm. the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. Uh, they don't report to anybody. They don't get funding. They generate their funding by penalties. And uh, they're, they'll go in and say, we think we found something. And um, I tell you what, we'll continue to look. Uh, however, if you just want to settle this for a couple million bucks, we'll go ahead and do that. That's how they fund themselves. So when you're in that kind of environment, um, it's really hard to want to go into the consumer business. Uh, this program is open for business uh, for the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. What's uh, What's been Embassy's involvement with the Gwinnett Chamber? Um, well, we're members, obviously, and um, we spend a lot of time talking with uh, Gwinnett Chamber members and networking over there. And uh, we feel like we've done um, a pretty good job in, in supporting the Gwinnett community. How can people get in touch with you? Let's have you give us, this is your opportunity to give us your contact information for people who want to know more about Embassy National sure. Bank. Sure. Well, uh, we've got a, a website, obviously, embassynationalbank.com. My name is Joe Moss. Um, you can reach me at my direct number. How about a president of a bank telling you they can call them directly? 770-500-1271. And my email address is jmoss, M-O-S-S, at embassynationalbank.com. Com. Speaks volumes that the president is giving his phone number. That's what you're. That's what you're dealing with with a good community bank. There you go. I All walk right. into my boardroom and uh, we make the decision, and that's it. I can't imagine what it must be like for you and your staff when those regulators uh, appear at your front door. It's nerve wracking. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they give you a six month or three month lead time, but you still don't know what they're going to come up with. Yeah. You just don't know. Well, glad you're here and you're thank you. You keep answering Thank you. The I'm right glad you invited me. And I, you know, so <laughs> very good. Next, uh, we want to hear from Don Poplowski at PCC Innovative Solutions. Don, uh, tell us about your company and what you do. Okay, the company is PCC Innovative Solutions, and we are debt collectors and also accounts receivable outsourcing. And um, we basically kind of consider us as a um, more of a consulting type company. Um, PCC Innovative Solutions started um, two, let's see, we just hit our two-year mark. Oh, congratulations. So we're on that. Let's make it a break. <laughs> 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 but um, it's been pretty successful. Um, what we do is, um, again, basically focus on helping the small businesses with their debt collections. Um, there's a lot of uh, businesses that we find that don't know how to handle that part of it. Um, they're good at their industry, but when it comes to collecting money, they don't know what the legalities are and what they can do and what they can't do. And um, like he was talking about compliance, mm -hmm. we have to go through all that as well. It too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, he meant, you mentioned that uh, CFPB. I was just at a, uh, a downtown last week, actually, at a compliance forum down there. So I, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> So, see, it's not just banks. Anybody that's in the mm -hmm. financial services business is going to have to deal with those folks. Yeah, certainly. With respect to debt collection, uh, I, in listening to your answer a moment ago, you mentioned debt collection, and then you said business is really good. Now, some people can take that <laughs> in sort of a humorous way, but uh, you have to be pretty careful in terms of dealing with individuals and, oh, yeah. and, and some potentially shady outfits there. Oh, yeah. Um, pretty much. 
as far as dealing with individuals, I do collections on a consumer basis okay. as, as well as commercial. All right. Um, but of course, the businesses so far with me, I've been pretty much are all local owned businesses that I'm working for. What are some of the types of businesses that, that oh, you're um, I've got this is a wide variety. I've uh-huh. got veterinarian services. I have printing companies. I have a cleaning service. A lot of property management companies are coming through now, and that's that's been a big one. Uh, but it, it ranges from every type. So even on a real uh, retail type basis, mm-hmm. as well as service providers. So anybody that is dealing with selling to another company or a consumer has a need for it, whether they think so or not. You could have a bounce check and realize you have a need for it. What are the some debt of, collection. What are some of the, the most difficult cases that you, or, or areas type of cases that you have to deal with? Right now, the biggest thing is the property management companies with uh, tenant leasing. Okay. There are so many tenants that will skip out on rent. And then there's also damages and they skip out. And what, even though there may have been a judgment filed or a dispository to mm-hmm. um, get them evicted, a lot of times they're not even in there, you know, anymore. Right. So they've already skipped town. So the biggest problem is, of course, you have to try, wait because they have to establish, you know, a new residency somehow, whether it be paying a bill or so forth. And when you do that research and you have to locate them. And I just had a situation where one was out of state. And so I had to hire a lawyer out of state to handle that particular case. Well, it certainly struck me as you were explaining there that tracking them down and mm-hmm. and getting the proper time frame that might be involved and those kinds of things uh, can really burden the issue. Yeah, it it takes a lot of time um, based on you know what their situation was, and that's where a lot of times the clients are like, okay, how long? Can I, how long is it going to be before I get my money? <laughs> like, yeah, well, first of all, if it's, a, if it's a tenant, a residential, I was like, you're at 50, 50 percent of chance of even getting it. Is there a specific time frame that uh, someone has to wait before they might contact you to, to search out some of these people? Oh, no. Okay. They can do it from the first day it's past due. All right. But typically I will tell them, you know, 90 days. It depends on the market. Mm-hmm. Again, if it's a, a business that's doing retail or service provider, they'll usually go 90 days because, you know, depending on what their situation is and what they're providing, a lot of times they'll extend the time before they require their payment in full, where when it comes to the residential, they wait too long. You know, you you shouldn't be waiting until they get three or four months behind on rent. Certainly, <laughs> you know because that so much happens. The snowball just time. Gets, the snowball just gets higher exactly. and higher. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, we've uh, we've had uh, we've interviewed you before here in the studio, and mm-hmm. what impresses me about what you do that I think you really need to iterate is that you provide consulting to a lot of these businesses so they don't get in these kind of troubles beforehand. Exactly. And um, as as a banker, there's a phrase we call KYC, know your customer. And you do a lot of work helping businesses know when or when not to, quote, frankly, extend credit to these people. Right. 
Yeah, yes, I, I think that's the biggest value you provide is up front. Well, certainly, uh, as in our discussion here, the, the debt collection brings up a lot of ideas from a lot of people. But but uh, Don does so much other things. And, and as, as Joe was pointing out, I, I want to give you an opportunity to share some of those yeah. uh, other aspects of PCC Innovative Solutions that uh, are yeah. part of the game there. there. There is a lot you could do. <laughs> <laughs> I try and take one at a time. Um, but yes, the uh, biggest thing I try to do is educate my clients. Um, because the biggest thing is looking at their contracts, you know, making sure they know who they're doing business with, doing the background. And there's just so much aspects as far as that goes and what they can do to protect themselves in the front end, you know, depending on the type of business they're in construction, you know, always, you know, look at your, find out who your general contractor is, the owner of the property, you know, your lien laws, you know, and you've got things out there that can help protect you and help you get paid. So, and just like with the, um, my new project now is um, property management companies that Mm -hmm. I've had such trouble with. They've been coming out of the woodwork. So that was my next thing is what can we do? I've just signed on a contract with TransUnion and Equifax. So now all these property management companies, property owners, anyone dealing with residential leasing, can report on a monthly basis. Sounds as if your your business is growing. You've, you've reached two two years, and, and yeah. it sounds as if your your company is growing in the right direction. Yes, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's it's a matter of getting them to utilize it because this was a law that passed in 2014, so it's a new thing as far as reporting these tenants, and um, just like your mortgage brokers, they'll re- report. So if you're one day late, it will show up on your credit report. And that can eliminate the loss from these property management companies with these people if they're more apt to know that it's going to affect their credit. Talking to Don Poplowski of PCC Innovative Solutions, somebody said I should ask you about PCT Advantage. What's PCT Advantage? That is PCT Advantage. That is basically the program that is named for um, the tenant reporting. So that's been the... uh, New concept, like I said, uh-huh. we are, um, and it's a simple process um, just for those that may be interested in something like this. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the credit bureaus, you do have to have a special software in place in order to do the type of reporting to the credit bureaus. And so basically, um, I handle all that for the property management companies. So a lot of them there are minimal requirements as well. So this way, the um, agencies or management companies, they basically um, can go through me. And that way I can handle all the reporting. You're the conduit from one side to the right. other. Yeah. There's just an initial setup for, you know, the basic tenants. Uh-huh. And then it's just a matter of getting the um, aging reporting on a monthly basis from the property management companies and basically transferring that through the system. What's to been, the credit bureaus. What's been your involvement with the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce? Oh, I started with them as soon as I opened my business. And that was that was the best thing I ever did. That was course. a jump start right from the beginning. Yes, it was. Because I even my first month, I went to the Small Visit Summit and I picked up my first client. Did there. you indeed? Yeah. So just from them overhearing me talk about what I did. Uh, well, that was <laughs> so the name was of the client. game. So, yeah, so it, it's been a very good plus for my business. How can people get in touch with you, Dawn? All right. My website, they can 
go to the website at www.pccis.com. And they can also reach uh, me by phone. It's 770-605-3033. And you can also email client support at pccis.com. Very good. Dawn, thank you so much. Sure. Ferratech is your one source for all toner suppliers, printers, copiers, and computers. Whether you need service or repair or your hardware, or you're looking to find the best price and quality on toner supplies, Ferratech has a skilled and knowledgeable team to help you and your company. Contact them today to see how they can help you. They're waiting for your call at 770-582-1188. And now we welcome Neil Majumdar of Proteva Consulting, LLC. I guess the first place to start is, what does Proteva do? We are a, uh, excuse me. We are a full-service uh, digital marketing and technology services firm. So what we what that means is that we uh, do take care of everything with respect to uh, the digital marketing needs for small and medium businesses. Uh, right from if they want us to look at how their existing websites are doing, are they per- performing as per expectations? Um, how is their social media sites do, doing? Um, you know, are they getting the kinds of traffic, the customer or prospects to visit them? Are the, tra- are the prospects turning into leads? And are the leads converting into customers? And then are the customers coming back again and again? So we uh, help define that. That's sort strategy. of the name of the game right there. That's, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. So we help them define us. We do the assessment, we do the strategy and planning, and then we do the execution from beginning to end. Uh, digital marketing is such an incredibly growing industry, and there are a number of uh, companies uh, at your fingertips these days. What d- differentiates Prativa from some of the others that might be your competition? I'm glad you asked that question, Johnny. We are, I think one of the fundamental differences is that we come from when you look at uh, digital marketing agencies, you get one of two flavors usually. They usually either come from a more of a, a creative background or they come from a pure tech shop. Mm-hmm. I think one of our unique differentiators is that a fair number of us come from the management consulting and business consulting services background. I myself, last nine years, I was with PricewaterhouseCoopers Consulting. IBM's strategy and uh, transformation consulting services practice, and lastly with Accenture's management consulting services practice doing digital strategy for companies like Sony, American Express, um, PepsiCo, and so on. So I think one of the fundamental ways we are different is that we tie everything to measurable business results. It's just not, you know, pretty copies. You know, (laughs) and, uh, you know, things like uh, your number of likes on Facebook. Great. That shows engagement. But then how is that translating into measurable business results for you? That that's that's how we are, I think, differentiated. And we are extremely analytical about it. It it, people who maybe have a small business or starting a business, they're told or they know right off the hand, right off the bat that. They need to be involved in digital marketing. If someone comes to you and really doesn't know what direction to go, what are some of the things that you start with that person and that business to get them in the right direction? You know, contrary to many others, again, in the business, 
I start with a, you know, really understanding, trying to understand the business of the client. What is the business goal? What are his, his business challenges, the primary business challenges? What are the target segment? What are the key target client segments? What are their pain points that he's trying to solve? And where are they at? Once I know that, then I then we go to, okay, what have you been trying to do so far in terms of your marketing outreach? And how has it been performing in terms of your returns versus the investment that you have been putting there? Mm-hmm. So once we get that lay of the land, we can come up with a campaign plan, if you will, that is progressive in nature, you know? So it could be you you start off with building a brand awareness. You have a website, but nobody knows about it, you know? So <laughs> so it's like having a web store, I mean, a, a store, but the only people who don't know about it are the people who happen to drive by and see your sign. <laughs> Best kept secret in town. Huh? <laughs> That's right. There are a lot of those that uh, understand that. Yeah. Well, it's, it seems that People who may have a computer and they've got a template that they can put together a, a web page, let's say, right. and they have a Facebook account, they think they're in the digital marketing game. Right. How do you take someone like that and, and show them how much more can they can be expanded to, to really reach the people they need to reach? I think one of the key ways you can show is that really the, you, you look at, make them look at the results, you know? Uh, one of the key things that happens there, you got uh, you know varied presence on the web, on the on, on the internet, but all these disparate sites, so to say, you know, one thing we we see all the time is that they are not they have got very few followers. Maybe they have a Facebook page, they have got few followers, mm-hmm. but the and they they or they have a following on Facebook, but very few of them are coming onto the website and turning themselves into leads. And if you don't know who they are, you don't know how to follow up with them. <laughs> <laughs> kind of tough that way, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Neil Majumdar of Prativa Consulting. Um, I, I've heard you talk about content marketing. Yeah. Uh, how do you implement that and exactly how that plays into the, to the uh, campaign for, for their clients? Yeah. yeah, this is content marketing is becoming more, it's always been there, but it's becoming more and more important as a number of channels and the communication media is just exploding. You know, the, I mean, ninety uh, percent of the information was created in they say in the last eighteen months. You know, uh, so that's that's a huge amount of data. That, that is being, extraordinary. That's an <laughs> that's extraordinary being, fact. Yeah, that's getting thrown at us, <laughs> right? So instead of so we cannot just sit back and say that okay, I'm going to have a search engine optimized web page. So if someone searches for me, they can find there. We got to go. To the customers. We cannot just mm-hmm. w- sit back and wait for them to come to us. Mm-hmm. So how you do that, and that uh, that applies to both uh, knowledge-based, expertise-based companies and businesses, as well as uh, that be straight B2C companies. You know, they got to go and engage in and showcase how they're different and not do so in a uh, in-your-face, hard-sell kind of thing, but show, give people a reason to trust you, a reason to engage with you. Give them something valuable. Give them the five top tips in the industry, you yeah. know? Five ways they can save, a small business can save money, you know? Those are things that where you are not really trying to hard sell and they are they come to rely on you as a trusted brand. 
And once the trust is established, just like in the chamber, certainly, <laughs> exactly, uh, you know, the, the sales process becomes a lot easier. What's been your involvement with the chamber? What have you seen from there? I have been, I'm a new member in the chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so far, I would say that I, I, the engagement has been extremely positive, uh, especially with people like Courtney, <laughs> you know, raving up the energy level, That's right? exactly right. <laughs> At the chamber. I found it to be uh, very engaging. Uh, it gives me a, a, the, the, just a huge size of the chamber and the variety of businesses. I think that's very helpful for people like us. You know, if I, if I could interject, you went through your resume. That's a very, very impressive resume. The firms that he has gotten experience from are the best at what this whole media uh, social marketing is. And what you're saying is so true. I mean, if you've just got the Facebook page and the website, you're probably 10 years behind at this point. And this whole technology content thing moves so quickly. You really do have, and as you say, stay on the front of it and use it proactively and help educate the customer and develop that relationship. I think you're right on with what you're saying. Thank you. Neil, how can people get in touch with you? Well, uh, they can always go to my website, www.protivaconsulting.com. I also, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I I posted a blog right just yesterday about uh, Samsung having, coming up with a cool uh, refrigerator, which is a family hub, which where you can, you know, all everything is uh, online, is a dis- display screen and all that. <laughs> and you instead of po- posting sticky notes, you actually, you can, Set it up. You got so, a touch screen. Yeah, right exactly. There. Touch screen there. So I, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I've got a Twitter account uh, as well, Prativa underscore info. And then I have a phone. Uh, of course, they can reach me all the time by phone, 404-220-8087. Very good. Neil Majumdar, thank you so much. Courtney Spencer, Gwinnett Chamber, what's on the docket? Oh, man. Well, first of all, uh, we just, if you see my amazing, well, uh, folks uh, over on, on the radio, you can see my um, my Minnie Mouse. Yeah, absolutely. You take a look at the uh, my Minnie Mouse uh, ears that I have on right now. Um, we uh, just left our spooktacular Gwinnett Working. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with what uh, Gwinnett Working is, it is a two-day awesome networking experience that we offer our members and guests are definitely invited to come. I'm a lead generating group where we just really try to build relationships. And so uh, our spooktacular Gwen networking was an opportunity for us to kind of loosen up a little bit um, and still do business, but at the same time, wear our Halloween costumes and show our awesome uh, team spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. They were extraordinary. You should have. You either have to go you have to go all in or nothing at all. Well, <laughs> well, well you, we, people were all in. They I were say. all in. We had a winner, and the winner of the costume contest actually uh, won a $50 gift card. Wow. And so, actually, Neil was one of the finalists. Neil was a finalist. He, he was sure cowboy. Was. <laughs> what did you dress as? Howdy, Joe. <laughs> Joe, great. he was a cowboy. Wow. It was it was awesome. Good but for you. The winners actually. Embrace the culture. Absolutely. <laughs> I was a cowboy and the Indian. Yes. <laughs> As Johnny said. We actually had um, the winner was actually it was it was a team it were a team Uh, Melissa Jackson with Neo Post and Cliff Tillery with Make It Loud they were the Walking Dead Uh, Melissa had a huge tear on her face it was disgusting but she looked great. 
I mean, they looked great. And Cliff had a big bat with barbed wire around that just lets you know that he it was authentic looking. It was very. What, authentic. what are some of the What are some of the big costumes this year? Well, we had a bride. She was a bride. Um, there was another um young lady. She was a bride. Of course, we had cowboy. We had Wonder Woman made an appearance. Wow. Uh, our definitely our staff participated as well. We had uh, uh girls just want to have fun. Uh, Cindy Lauper. We had a uh, big pumpkin. It was great. We had a great time today. Wicked Witch of the West made an appearance. Yes. Good. I mean, it was it was really great. So. All right, that's that's uh, spectacular. The spooktacular was uh, spooktacular. extraordinary. Uh, you got some special uh, times with uh, Business After Hours coming up in the next couple of months. Absolutely, yes. November 17th is our next Business After Hours, and we always have a great time. Uh, in the month of October, we were at Hudgens Center for the Arts uh, right after Pinnacle and Summit and everything. And so we had a great time for that. And so in November, November 17th, we'll be at Medieval Times. And so, yes. So it's going to be really great because they've scheduled a show directly following Business After Hours at 7 o'clock. So chamber members and guests, if you sign up ahead of time, you'll definitely get a humongous discount to the show. So make sure you sign up online I've never that. seen that show, but I've heard it's great. It's pretty extraordinary. This will actually be my first time it's a as fun, well. It's a fun evening. It really Correct. is. I've always wanted to go. What was that movie? Cable Guy, I think, where... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are we getting nods in the background? <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> Cable Guy. Uh, there was a great scene from Medieval Times and in there. Shouts out to Jim Carrey. And then we close out uh, Business After Hours in December. Well, Absolutely. December 15th. Of course, we every year we go to Atlanta Classic Cars uh, and they we do a great part partnership with uh, Toys for Tots, and we gather toys uh, for children uh, during that time. So that will be a great, great time at Atlanta Classic Cars. Tell us how people can get in touch with you, Courtney. Absolutely. You can reach me via email at cspencer at gwinnettchamber.org, or you can call me at 770-232-8805. Courtney, thank you as always. Let me go uh, through our guests one more time for uh, contact information. Joe, people can reach you in what best fashion? You know, the best way to get in touch with me is email. Okay. Um, J Moss, M O S S, at embassynationalbank.com. Very good. Don Poplowski, best way to reach you. Yeah, email is probably the best way as well because I'm on the phone a lot. <laughs> <laughs> What's your email address? Uh, uh, the easiest one is to remember is client support at pccis.com because okay. otherwise it's depoploski and people don't Client even want to try works it. works <laughs> better. Okay, very good. And Neil, the best way to reach you? I think that, that would be the same for me. Uh, email is info info at prativaconsulting.com P-R-O-T-I-V-A consulting.com info at prativaconsulting.com I thank you all for being here making this a, a wonderfully informative uh, show today. Um, thank you for being uh, joining us on Open for Business. Uh, brought to you by Faratech. Faratech, great people, remarkable service. Remember, we broadcast live on the fourth Friday of every month at 1130 in the morning. You can listen to any of our shows by visiting GwinnettBusinessRadio.com. All of our shows are available on iTunes. And I would point out that today is our final show from our Satellite Place studio location. Business Radio X is going to be moving and be coming to you from the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Hotel. Congratulations to Mike Salmon and the Business Radio X team on the move and for being the uh, business of the month for the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce as well. Until next time, I'm Johnny Phelps, Harry Norman Realtors. Thanks for being there. (laughs) 